Good morning. Uh, my name is Jorge. I am part of the college and young adults class here in Midtown. And um, man, it's a it's always a privilege to be invited to speak anywhere. Um, if you're like me, you, you probably think you don't got much good to say. So when, when someone invites you, it's, it's always a privilege. Um, but I don't think I've ever been in this class. Is this, well, actually, you said this is the first time down here? Second time. Okay. I, I think I've given an announcement in this class, but I've never actually, like, been here. Um, but, yeah, let me get to where I'm going to be at. Uh, if you want to turn there, I'm going to be in Psalm 127. Um, but <clears throat> yeah, I'm sorry, guys. I'm not quite prepared. So just bear with me. So James reached out to me. He, um, he asked me if I can, um, give a small, um, update of what God is doing in our lives. And, and also do we have the there you go. Um, and, and so, yeah, he wanted to know if we, if I can come in, share what God has been doing in our lives uh, regarding Boston and what our heart is regarding Boston. And man, um, where, where to even start? Um, I, I think I even wrote a, a ton of other stuff, but I think where I need to start is um, how I even got to this church, Midtown. And um, I remember, uh, in that season of my life, um, I would stay up at night, right? I would, I would probably get two to three hours of sleep. And the main reason was because I just didn't know what I was going to do with my life. Right. And sure. Like I could figure out a career. I could figure out like something to do with my life, but what was the purpose of my life? I, I, couldn't come up with the answer to that. Um, now I grew up going to church. Um, you know, I kind of knew the right answers, but even then I didn't know why I was put in this planet, why I was put in the family that I was in, why I was the person that I am. Um, and so late at night I would, I would stay up and I would ask this, this God, who I didn't even have a relationship with. And I, I asked him, could you please show me what I'm made for? Why did you make me? Why am I here uh, in this planet? And sure enough, back then I was, I was seeking um, a career in arts. I was seeking to be like a mural artist or uh, have a business and related in art. And man, that was stressful in itself because, you know, if you know anything about art, you don't, you don't make any money. And I was like, well, that's already stressful enough. So I got to figure out how to make money. <laughs> and so then, um, sure enough, I, I, I met Dan Renault, uh, uh, Longview and, uh, he invited me to come to a retreat. And I initially I was like, ah, oh, man, this is another weird Christian thing. And it's going to be super weird. And I don't feel like going, but I was desperate enough where I was just like, man, 
let's do it whatever let's, let's just figure out what it's about and then sure enough like god and god rocked my world and um but anyway fast forward a little bit to that uh i came to midtown for for a while maybe a month or two and then i heard about james five and i heard about his family and where they were they were in east asia is that, is that right yeah east asia um and i was like what in the world what what are they doing over there no it just turned out that that's what the mission looked like right it turned out that's you know it, the mission looks like going to hard places reaching hard people and leaving everything behind for for what for the sake of glorifying the lord right for the sake of just seeing people saved and when i heard about that that was the first time i ever heard about a missionary going to a place like that i've heard about missionaries going to la because they like la they like the culture and i was like you know growing up i was like man that's i don't know if i trust that why would i give my money to someone who just wants to go shopping right and now if you can put yourself in that mentality that i had it was you know, hearing about the the family going to uh, East Asia, um, it was mind blowing. It's like these people really are doing it, and it wasn't just them. I heard about the Schaefers, and then I heard about other families, and I heard, um, you know, well, I finally met Mike, and when he told me about his desire to go to Boston, at first I was like, well, okay, like, you know yeah, that, that's cool. I'll be praying about, you know, your desire to go to Boston. And I mean, we'll, we'll see, we'll see when they get, you know, when we, when we cross that bridge, we'll, you know, we'll see if it happens. Sure enough, I found myself going to Boston with them and we went to the first discovery trip and, and it was a handful of people. I think Brandon Wilbur was in that trip. Yeah. And then is there anybody in, the, in this room that was part of that trip? I don't think so. I think it was just us. Uh, and then, so, so somehow I, I, I went from like, okay, my cool story. We'll, you know, we'll get there when we get there to like, man, Mike really is pushing the envelope and he really is going out there, uh, in faith, trusting God that he may be using him in this place. Mike at the time was what, 45, 43. I don't even know how old Mike is now, but um i was like dude like you have a whole you have your whole business you know you have a law firm you you have four kids here and like you're just gonna undo all of that anyway as you can tell like i'm i'm still new to this whole thing and there's still things that god is unraveling from from my heart but on that trip we got to evangelize uh quite a bit we got to explore the city we got to meet the locals and Man, I think in that 2018 trip, what really caught my my heart was um, we, we were in the business district in downtown Boston, and it was 5 p.m. And at that time, everybody came flooding out of the buildings. And I'm telling you, it was thousands of people, thousands of people just like flooding out of the, this is pre-COVID, right? So... You can only imagine like the, the subway is just packed. Everybody's like, you know, like sardines in, in a can. Um, 
but it was overwhelming. Like for the first time I, you know, I considered the gravity, the urgency of if hell is real, the majority, if not all these people are going to hell. And there's nothing I can do about it right now. And at that moment, I, I felt something. I felt like God was was leading me to Boston as well with with the team. And um, now I, I mentioned it to Gabrielle that at the time, I think uh, I, I FaceTimed her or something. I think because you, you had just started a job here in Kansas City and uh, you couldn't go to Boston and uh, I remember FaceTiming you and um, you very kindly, because we were dating, you very kindly told me, um, uh, I know you're excited. Uh, <laughs> and if you know what that's like, <laughs> your wife is, well, my girlfriend at the time is being like, hey, yeah, <laughs> we'll get to when we get there. But she very kindly told me, hey, I know you're excited, but um we'll see what happens okay and so man i was if anything that was my first closed door okay but i kept i kept seeking the lord in it and um sure enough uh, i came back to kansas city I, I spoke with my direct pastor brandon briscoe and um <laughs> he gave me the same response hey i know you're very excited <laughs> Just got just got off this plane. Boston is a really cool city. Uh, how about we we pray about it? Sure, sure enough, like through time, um, in in some praying, it was clear that it was in the the right timing for us. And so, um, now by this time, this wasn't the first time that I had considered the mission trip at this point. So. I know I kind of skipped from where I got here to like my trip to Boston. This has been a process of seven years of me wrestling with the idea of going to the missions trip. By the by, this time I had already considered to go to to Tampa, had already considered to go to Spain, and had wrestled with the idea of going back to Mexico. And then when the Boston um, trip came up, and everything was happening around that. Uh, Could you imagine just having closed door after closed door after closed door? And then you think this thing is what God is doing in your life. And it's another closed door. Um, now, may, maybe I'm slow to pick things up. Maybe I'm just like, you know, maybe just I don't, I don't see things for what they are. But but maybe the, the normal person would have been, you know what? This is not for me. God has closed so many doors. But um, man. Thank God for my slowness because um, this closed door didn't really stop me, but if anything, just gave me a, a, a bigger burden for it. I just maybe didn't know how to deal with that burden or even the closed door at, in the beginning. Um, but the first time that God had said no to me was when, um, again, when I talked with Brandon um, and so after that, I decided to just abandon the idea, you know, we're in the middle of trying to get married and, um, trying to figure out life together. And so 
I decided to just focus on what I had right in front of me. Uh, but I still couldn't shake the idea of Boston. I, I still couldn't shake the idea of, of being part of that team. Um, but I also didn't want to think about what God could do in the future when I had things I, I was responsible for right here, right now. And so I continued to have opportunities to visit the work in Boston. Um, the second time it was with Gabrielle. And um, I, I also remember that at that time I sought the Lord and I asked if this was the right time for us to seek that. Um, and then, you know, God kept using my wife to be like, no, this isn't the right time. I remember us having a conversation. If anything, um, you, you took over Brooks Bible study. So it's like, like it was a, a complete clear closed door. Like we couldn't just like up and leave if, when something was given down to us to take care of as a Bible study, you know? Um, if you don't know Brooke, Brooke is part of the, the initial launch team, right? So Brooke and Gabrielle were in Bible study together. Brooke left for Boston. And then that Bible study was given to Gabrielle to take care of. And so for us to be like, yeah, this is up and leave would be very irresponsible. And so it was just, it was a closed door for us. And, but I kept going, we kept visiting. We, we, I would go on two by two trips. Uh, and every time I'd feel a tug on my heart. And I would seek the Lord, and every time it was a closed door. And uh, you can only imagine, uh, again, like, I just don't see things clearly, guys. So you can only imagine uh, how discouraged someone could be. And trust me, I was discouraged, but I was also very stupid, right? I was also very um, stupid in a good way because. Um, I find it now that, man, getting offended by things is just is the most childish thing that we could ever give ourselves the opportunity to, to be. So we finally decided to grow roots here. Um, we bought into the ministry that was in front of us. Uh, we were entrusted with to lead Bible studies. So Gabrielle was leading a Bible study, and then I started a Bible study in Midtown. Um, we were entrusted to, um, to be part of the Boston prayer team. Uh, we were entrusted to disciple people. We were entrusted to counsel. Um, we even bought a house. We're like, okay, well, we don't see us going anywhere. <laughs> Let's buy a house, right? And so, but even just the timing of all that, like I, I could, I'm telling you guys, I'm not smart enough to come up with this perfect plan. We bought a house just in the right timing where we bought it for like pennies on the dollar in Midtown. And then we sold it for like so much more money that we could ever have even planned for. In the moment when we said, we're going to Boston, okay. Well, the market just like went up the moment we decided. And so again, I'm not making any of this up. I didn't plan it. Um, but yeah, we, we bought the cat right? And that Midtown house had, had mice. So we had to take care of them somehow. Um, unfortunately, you know, cats are not the best solution. Just get glue traps or, you know, yeah, yeah we, we need, but they bring them to you, right? Yeah, that's the thing. 
<laughs> so my cat, yeah, my cat would like take the the mouse and bring it and then just like show it to you. And the my the mouse would still be alive. And it's like, all right, I get it. You you think this is really cool and you want to impress me. You need to kill that thing. That's why we that's your job. <laughs> yeah, don't don't put it in my baby's blanket, okay? Like, oh my gosh. The stories, man. We got a dog, okay? Um, we we got house insurance, all that. Um, we got pregnant, right? Like we were like, all right, this this is it. Like we're we're here for good for a long time. And you know, this is we decided that this is where we belonged, and this is our family, and this is like why would we go anywhere? Like, okay, like God closed so many doors. We'll we'll just we're okay with that. And at that moment, <laughs> it almost seemed like it was as soon as we felt that, that comfortable. Uh, Mike came into town, he stayed with us. And it's not like he was planning this. I, I, I don't believe that in any way, but, um, but he shared just how difficult the work was. And and it wasn't like it was, they're going, they were going through huge problems or just, you know, something dramatic. It was just, it was just hard. And he was just pouring his heart out for what the work was. And I remember that same year that the Lord was grabbing my attention and um, kind of directing me and to, to have me consider the stock of my life. Now, Nothing crazy was happening at the moment, like I said, neither with Mike or me, but um, if if anything, we're, we're hitting on all eight cylinders as it relates to ministry. I mean, it, people were saved in our home. Like, the moment we sold that house, like, I never thought about this, but people were actually like connected to our home, you know, like the memory of them receiving Jesus Christ was connected to our family, to our, to our porch, right? Like that's where people got saved for, you know, we should have like thought about that. Like just go talk to them on the porch more. <laughs> but, you know, like if anything, it was a very sweet season. It was a beautiful time. But again, during my quiet time, um, and what God was showing me through, through his word made it, made me consider that have I given everything to the Lord that I could have given him? And obviously the answer is no. And obviously there's, there's always something more to give, but, but man, um, it, it was just the right timing. Um, made me consider what was I holding back? So when Mike had told us about what was happening in Boston, I came to the Lord one more time. And I started asking him, do you want me to be part of the solution in Boston? Like, if, if this is it, please tell me now. If not, then I'll just continue doing what I'm doing. And I'm okay with that. And I prayed without telling anyone. I just prayed, God, would you have me be in Boston? Would you have me be part of the solution there? I didn't tell my wife. I didn't tell my friends. I didn't tell my pastor. 
I was just praying and I wanted God to lead me. I didn't want to manipulate anything. Um, now, interestingly enough, the Lord gave me peace to move forward and to tell Gabrielle. And I remember this day, uh, we were coming back from dinner, I think, or I don't know if we were going to dinner or coming back from dinner. Arielle was born already. Um, and um, I remember telling Gabrielle, I think God is leading us to go to Boston. And it was almost as if she was waiting for me to tell her that. Like any other time before that, it was not the right time. It was not the right idea. And this time, my wife was ready. Now, that isn't like the sole factor of the whole thing, but if we're going to make decisions as a family, it is very important for my wife to be on board. And I believe that God used that to as a first step. And so we decided to pray and fast together. And um, during this time, we went to visit her parents and uh, for Thanksgiving. And man, the Lord gave me so many verses that confirmed it. Now, I'm not going to sit here and be like, well, these are the verses that God, like anyone could come up with an answer like that, right? Um, anyone could come up with a verse for something. But during that time, he gave me, he gave me some verses that, that, that set the, the, the trajectory of what we were going to be doing in Boston. Um, nope. Do I go? Okay. Sorry. I'm not used to doing that. So you're going to bear with me. So in first Chronicles, um, chapter 28, verse nine, and thou and Solomon, my son, know that the, the God of thy father and serve him with a perfect heart and with a willing mind for the Lord searcheth all hearts and understandeth all the imaginations of the thoughts. If thou seek him, he will be found of thee. But if thou forsake him, he will cast thee off forever. Verse 10, take heed now for the Lord ha had chosen thee to build a house for the sanctuary, be strong and do it. So in this verse, uh, to give some context, David is wanting to prepare a house. He's wanting to build a house for the Lord. And God says, no, not you, but your son. Yes, let's, let's do it with Solomon. And so David is charging Solomon that he's going to be the one that builds the, the temple of the Lord. So after Gabriel and I both had peace about it, I met with Brandon to get uh, some clarity on the matter. Um, I knew that if this was God's leading... Brandon would would have peace, would know about it, would see it clearly. Um, and it, and if, if this wasn't God's leading, then he'd be able to discern that. And he'd be able to warn me. Okay. So when I met with him, um, interestingly enough, come to find out, Brandon and all the pastors and all the elders were already praying about a couple joining Boston. So it was clear that God was moving through my wife and through my pastor at this time. And, and God was moving us little by little to Boston. And so we agreed to keep praying and fasting and that the pastors would start to pray for us. And finally, everyone came to the conclusion that and had peace that this was God's leading. And 
and this is where we find ourselves now we've been preparing for um i don't even know like for a year now since we've been praying and um little by little like i said we we sold our house we i got a new job and so yeah during this time there's been many seasons of preparation um you know like i said we sold our house i got a new job a remote job that can i can work in boston our baby was born she's now one um all that good stuff so we we got a moving date that's thanksgiving um november 24th and there there's there's many times where i'm i'm still wondering is god really in this okay and i'm not telling you that so you can feel sorry for me or i'm just telling you that because i want to be vulnerable with you so there's there are other times where i'm i feel anxious and stressed about the details of the future or the unknown and as a family we have come to uh, a passage for this season and we landed on psalm 127 and i'm only going to talk about verse one and verse two because um i don't have enough time to go through the other two but um but as it relates to the making of a house from that moment that david charged solomon to build the house for the lord uh, to this moment he is writing this psalm to to assure solomon and instruct him to not rely on his wisdom on his strength or power but to trust for the lord's provision okay now it was interestingly enough like uh, i just made this connection like two days ago okay like i i didn't put this as i was writing this message and i found that verse that god gave me in boston uh i put in it, it made sense that that david's writing to solomon um verse one says a song of degrees for solomon david is writing to solomon except the lord build the house they labor in vain that build it except the lord keep the city the watchmen waketh but in vain Verse two, it is vain for you to rise up early or to sit up late to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. So why is, why is this passage important? Well, for us, I'll, I'll give some context for why this passage is important for us. Um, we've come to a place in this preparation where we don't know what we're doing. And at times, we don't know if we're doing it right or if we're doing things wrong. Um, like I said, I just got a new job. I don't know if anybody in here is in sales. But, man, is anybody here in sales? No, don't worry. <laughs> anyway, it's like if you want to be stressful, <laughs> if you want to be stressed um, for your whole career, do sales. <laughs> My manager put it this way, it's, it's not, uh, sales is not stressful or getting fired is not stressful. Making money is stressful. <laughs> anyway, I say that because sometimes I'm just like, God, like, how are we going to do this? And sure enough, he comes, he comes and provides and he helps us out. But I say that because there's so many things that you can do and you can better yourself and you can be a, you know, in, in the corporate world. And it's all about becoming a better version of yourself. 
And God is like, man, you can work all you want. But unless I'm building this house that I told you to build for me, it's in vain, right? Interestingly enough, God is having someone build his house. Yet, if he is not building it, if God is not the one building it, there's no point for the house. They labor in vain. But historically, this passage is referring to the temple, like I said. Um, and we can infer that this is the same house that David was talking about in, in, in the Chronicles. So First Chronicles 22.10, he shall build a house for my name and he shall be my son and I will fear his. I will be his father and I will establish the throne of his kingdom over Israel forever. Now, my son, um, the Lord be with thee and prosper thou and build the house of the Lord and thy God, as he hath said of thee, take heed now for the Lord hath chosen thee to build a house for the sanctuary, be strong and do it. And David verse 20, I'm sorry. And David said to Solomon, his son, be strong and of good courage and do it. Fear not nor be dismayed for the Lord God, even my God will be with thee. He will not fail thee nor forsake thee until thou hast finished all the work for the service of the house of the Lord. So again, this Psalm is based on what's happening in the Chronicles where, where David is, is charging um, Solomon to build this temple. Now, doctrinally, what this passage is teaching us is that without the Lord, we cannot give him the glory that he deserves. Now, again, like I've been thinking about this concept and it's like the only conclusion that I've got to is like asking my, my one-year-old to help me clean or, you know, Gabrielle asks Ariel to uh, help her cook. Now, obviously she's not helping much, right? Like if anything, she's making more of a mess. But um, that's how God is with us, right? He commands us to go out to the whole world and, and to save souls. But left to our own device, it's in vain. Unless he is in the work, unless he is in everything that we're doing, there's no point. So except the Lord build his house, then it is all in vain. So if, G if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then we're gathering here for no reason, okay? We're making a lot of effort for no reason. If he didn't actually raise from the dead historically, if the souls of men aren't going to hell, if there isn't a heaven and a hell, then this effort that my family and I and other missionaries that James and his family did, was for nothing. So at times I do wonder, unless God is in this, I'm going to ruin my, my family's life. And then I think if I'm going, if I'm, if God is not in this, I'm going to ruin the work in Boston. Now, unless the Lord is in this, I am throwing my life away right? We're all throwing our lives away. We're wasting our time. If God is not in this, then, uh, you know, in, in the most nicest way, I I want to ask myself, like, what are you doing? Right? So I've been working this new job, like I said, 
Uh, I've been selling advertisement to contractors. And I've learned, a, I mean, I guess I can say I learned a couple of things about building a house. Um, now, we've been taking walks through like these very expensive neighborhoods and there's always construction there. Um, but it's cool because I, I get to, to see what these contractors are talking about over the phone and they do framing, right? So they, they do the framing of the building and then they put sheetrock on that framing or drywall, I'm sorry. And then they put stucco on the outside of the walls uh, and then they paint it and they do all that. Now, all that work is useless if the foundation is gonna, is gonna crack, right? So think about it like that. So except the Lord build his house, the labor is in vain. So if there isn't a foundation on that house, it doesn't matter if you have the best framing or the best drywall the market can offer, the house will, will crumble. So it continues to say, sorry. <laughs> um, it continues to say that except the Lord build a house, they, they that labor, they labor in vain to build, to build it. So except the Lord protects us and provides for us, then all our sleepless nights and all the hard work that we're, we're putting in is for nothing. So there we go. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, um, Psalm 121, uh, verse 4. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon the right hand. So except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. Okay? So it's not only that, um, that, that we need his provision, but we also need his protection. Except the Lord build the house, then Solomon would be working for nothing. So key point number one, interesting, um, without acknowledging the Lord, we cannot ex ex expect his blessing, okay? So from Matthew Henry's commentary, if God be not acknowledged, we have no reason to expect his blessing, blessing. and without his blessing, all, all is nothing, or rather, it is to be understood of the making of a family considerable that was mean. Men labor to do this by the advantageous matches, offices, employments, purchases, were all in vain unless God built up the family and raised the poor out of the dust. The best laid projects fell unless God crown, crown it with success. So without, without God's provision and, uh, and protection, it's like having a house with, a, with, with the best material, with the, with the finest workers building it, but with a cracked foundation. So without the Lord, everything that we, we want to accomplish will be for nothing. Now we see in verse 2, it is vain for you to rise up early or to sit up late to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved his sleep, or his beloved sleep. So we have Solomon. It's interesting too. Uh, Solomon was a man that that tried every pleasure that this world could could provide. So I don't know if David knew that this was going to happen, or if 
you know, maybe he's, he's seeing this or, um, in the future, but, um, but Solomon would one day say in Ecclesiastes 1.14, I have seen all the works that are done under the sun and behold, all is vanity and vexation of the spirit. Now, those times where I would stay up at night before knowing the Lord and before coming to Midtown, um, I would just run through scenarios in my head. Like, well, what if I get that car that I want? That I think my my dream car at the time was like a, a Volkswagen Golf, you know, those little rabbit-looking cars. Anyway, I was like, but once I get that car, I'm going to want a, the newer version of, or another car. And once I get this job that I want to, to get, it's going to be something better out there. That job that I, that dream that dream job that I want is gonna it's gonna suck somehow. Some people that I I work with will will suck probably, and I will suck too. Like it's not everybody around me; it's me mostly. Um, but I just I couldn't find the end. Right, like there was always going to be something better, something that I wanted more. And because of that, everything that Solomon did and experienced, he deemed vain. So this is a, a larger passage, but bear with me. Ecclesiastes 2.1, I said in my heart, go to now, I will prove thee with mirth. Therefore, enjoy pleasure. And behold, this also is vanity. I said of laughter, it is mad of the mirth. Uh, and of, of the mirth, what doeth it? I sought in my heart to give myself unto wine, um, yet acquainting my heart with wisdom and to lay hold of folly till I might see what was that good for the sons of men, um, which were uh, they should do under the heaven all the days of their life. I made me great works. I builded me houses. I planted me vineyards. I made me gardens and orchards, and I planted trees in them of all kinds of fruit. I made me pools of water to water therewith the wood uh, that bringeth forth trees. I got me servants and maidens, and I had servants born in my house. Also, I had, I had great possessions of great and small cattle above all that were in Jerusalem before me. I gathered me also silver and gold and peculiar treasures of kings and of providences. I gathered me men singers and women singers and the delights of the sons of men as musical instruments and that all, of all sorts. So I was great and increased more than all that um, that were before me in Jerusalem. Also in my wisdom remained with me and whatsoever mine eyes desire, I kept not from them. I withheld not my heart from any joy for my heart rejoiced in all my labor. And this was my portion of all my labor. Then I looked on all the work that my hands had wrought and on that labor that I had labored to do and behold, all was vanity and vexation of spirit. And there was no profit under the sun. So it doesn't matter. Sorry. It doesn't matter how, how early you wake up or how you, how late you stay up to work or sharpen yourself. 
God is the one that provides the rest and provides the, the, the income. If, if that's what you're staying up for or waking up early for, um, it says in Psalms 4, 8, I will both lay me down in peace and sleep for thou, Lord, only makest me dwell, makest me dwell in safety. So key point number two, without acknowledging the Lord, we cannot expect rest. So unless we're walking with him, then we cannot get this, the peace that he promises. So practically, think about the mission and the objective of all the things that we're doing um, and how hard we're working. And sometimes I'm like, it cannot be this hard. And, and I mean, some, I mean, the reality is it is hard, right? Like no matter what, like it is hard. But sometimes I'm the one that makes it hard because I'm not trusting, right? Like, again, it's like my daughter trying to, trying to, trying to help us clean up, you know, like we're, we're the babies, okay? We're the ones just like putting our toys in the toy box. And God is like, thanks, man. Like, I really appreciate it. Um, so without the Lord doing, doing it all, then this, this whole thing is in vain. Now, interestingly enough, like the word house is being used um, as, as a family. And in some other um, other mentions, specifically in his first mention of this word, um, in in other mentions of the word is is being used as legacy. So in Genesis seven one, it says, "And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou in all thy house into the ark, for thee uh, for thee have I given or have I seen righteousness or righteous before me in the in this generation." And in Genesis 12, 1, now the Lord said unto Abram, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto the land that I will show thee. So I, I thought this was interesting because on a very personal level, unless we allow the Lord to work through his promises, then we cannot experience true growth. Now, as it relates to a family, like, Unless we're trusting the Lord to, to increase our family, we, we shouldn't even be expecting that. Now, unless we, we're trusting God to increase the fruit of this church and other churches that are around here and the churches that we're sending, we can't expect it unless we, we're really trusting him. So key point number three, and this is my last key point, um, is without acknowledging the Lord, we cannot expect growth. Now, I don't know mostly anybody here. I know a lot of people, but there's some that I don't know, and I don't know what you're going through this morning. You you may not be going. You may or may not be going to Boston this next month. I don't know. You may or not be going to plant a church. But maybe on a very personal level, unless God is building the house for you, whatever you're trying to do, you're just spinning your wheels. 
And trust me, we can all attest that that is tiring, that is stressful, and we just want out of that. We just want to keep going, right? And just get out of the mud and keep trekking along. But maybe that's maybe we're in the mud for a reason, right? Maybe we're in the mud because he wants to get our attention. Okay. So again, like I said, I don't know where everybody's at, but maybe we can have a season of prayer 